A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, you're listening to Glory Hunters, the podcast. This week we're joined by Tommy Walsh and Dougie Anderson, Nick Hancock, and of course, Natalie Sawyer. Now, we asked yesterday on Twitter... What is the greatest sports film of all time? And we had we had thousands of responses, mm. literally thousands of good. responses, and all of them pretty good films that you can we can actually talk about. Let's take a look at the top five at the end of the podcast. We're <clears> going to do that. Hopefully, that will keep people listening to the actual show as well. They will be doing tenter. What is a tenter hook? Anybody know? You put tenters on. Anybody know what it is? No? Sounds like something from the building trade, Tommy, no? I would say it was more from the Dockers. Dockers, is it? Dockers, good East End lads. Good East End lads, like us, Tom. There we are. Anyway, let's have a listen to the Glory Hunters podcast. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that pits fan against fan in an epic battle of wits. Our guests are given the chance to represent the team they've always supported in our very own theatre of dreams. But who will have a starring role and who'll be asleep on the job is up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Yes, this week's second round tie sees West Ham take on Stoke. Representing West Ham, our team captain, Dougie Anderson, and a man who's a ground force unto himself. Use the ground force, Luke. It's Tommy Walsh. Hello, Tommy. Hiya. We'll come back to you in a minute. And leading out the Potters is Natalie Sawyer. Hello. Hello. Natalie. Very good to see you. Who's alongside comedian, presenter and Stoke what, what are we going to call you? Stoke Supporter. enthusiast, <laughs> enthusiast <laughs> freak. If you like, that's Nick Hancock, of course. Lovely. Thank you very much for everybody for coming in. Good to be here. You all right, Dougie? Very well. Very good. You sat next to Tommy Walsh, representing yes. West Ham. West Ham. Um, proud to do so, Tommy. Yes, if, indeed. If, if I may say, and, and in a way, representing the the East End. Yes, and of course the Academy of Football. Don't forget to. Oh, no, yeah, of course. That's, that's yes. School of Science, is it? That's, no, that's School Everton. of Science, that's Everton, that's isn't it? Yeah. The Academy yeah. of Football, the, the West Ham Way. That's which exactly is what? right. Do we know well, what that is? Street, Losing at the moment, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> it's a street outside Apton Park, actually. Oh, the is it? Way, yeah. oh, okay. well, now, uh, you were a goalkeeper, is that right, Tommy? Uh, I don't like you using the was word. Oh, sorry. You are a goalkeeper. Yeah, I got my uh, first England cap last year. 
Did you? Sixties. For the over sixties. <laughs> the over did you? Did yeah. You really? Yeah. And have you pl- have you played much for England yet? Or? Uh, I've had two games. Both two. games against Wales. The yeah. first one we won one 0 and I was man of the match, so I got two awards. Can and the see? second one we lost four um, one and I got nothing. And not even a phone call after that one. So <laughs> you let in four. It might so, be yeah. a short-lived career. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Now I've got it written down here that mm. David Beckham once scored a penalty against you during an actual international match. Is that correct? correct. Yes, that's correct. Can you talk us through that story, Tommy? Well, it's always great if you want to win a few quid, actually, because the the question you need to ask is, who was the goalkeeper that David Beckham scored scored a penalty against, the last one, in an England game? Okay. Okay. And it was a full England England international. And I was doing something for for Sport Relief, and they said, will you do a penalty competition at half-time? So I said, yeah, sure. So I went down, I had my son, who was only 10 at the time with me, and he stood by the goal. And Sven was in charge. Uh, and for the, f- for the first time, and for no apparent reason, at half-time, the players didn't go off the pitch. They all stayed on the sideline. So it was right, rather weird. But yeah. I knew a few of them. Uh, you know, David James was the club captain sure. at West Ham. Mm-hmm. Goalkeepers' so, union, of course. Exactly, mm-hmm. the big high-five. I went in goal, got on with... There was 10 penalties, and there was uh, five people. All had two penalties each. So no one was taking any notice, yeah. you know, everyone going to get their pints and pies and whatever. Yeah. And it was at Man City's ground, so that's where the England game was being played, mm-hmm. against Iceland. Yeah, so I saved the first penalty, saved the second one, saved the third one, <laughs> saved the fourth, fifth and sixth one. Oh. By now, people are getting a bit interested, yeah. you know, and I've got the crowd, you know, behind yeah, me. Uh, and then a couple of the England players started warming down. Sammy Lee was warming them down mm-hmm. uh, on the edge of the box. Only a couple of them. So uh, penalty number seven and penalty number eight saved them. Penalty number nine saved that. So that's nine out of nine. By now, the whole England team are on the edge of the box. No one's warming down. They're just watching the (laughs) penalty competition. So he took the tenth penalty and I saved it. So it's ten out of ten. And uh, the crowd were going nuts and uh, David Beckham was laughing, you know, standing on the edge. I went, come on in, son, bring it on. Yeah. So you've got to think... This, you know, really was, was a long while ago now. My son's 26, so he was 10, 16 years ago. But you've got the England captain. He was about 28, so he was at, yeah. his, at his peak, peak. I yeah, suppose, yeah. at his prime. And um, I just saved 10 out of 10 penalties in front of a full house, England, full international. The dream. Yeah, so, you know, I'm a cockney builder. This, this yeah. is like <laughs> yeah. something else, like a dream waking up. To be fair to him, he picked the ball up and put it down because he said he can't. I said, come on. He said, I can't because of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And up, apparently up in the gallery, they were going, David Beckham's about to take a penalty. Who did he take the penalty against? <laughs> Have they kicked off? <laughs> so uh, you've got to remember now, I think as a goalkeeper all my life, about 60% of, of people, of players, if they're right-footed, go to the goalkeeper's left oh, and about okay. 40% go to the goalkeeper's right. Yeah, pro tip there, yeah. It just seems how the balance works, works yeah. yeah. So as he ran up to take it, he got such a sweet right foot. I just moved a bit early because oh. I don't normally just to, just, just to move my not inconsiderable weight onto the one <laughs> leg, you see, and over this left-hand side because I'm going to save it anywhere yeah. on that side. And then he stopped. You know, when he yeah, digs yeah, his yeah, foot yeah. in, he stopped. I fell over and he just flicked <laughs> it in. Oh. And that was... Um, but, ironically, that was the last penalty he scored in an England shirt because the next three penalties he, he took for England, he missed he all missed, three. He had the one where he slipped, the yeah. foot, foot went out yeah. from under him. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. 
I did chance my arm afterwards, though. Because I, I, he said to me, he came, he said he was a big fan of Ground Force. It was his favourite programme. Oh, yeah. And that's been documented. What did he say? Can you do by, my patio? Well, no, he said that I've been wanting to talk to you for ages. So I thought I'd chance my arm. And I sent him a book, uh, a signed book. And I said, Dear David and Victoria, the reason I deliberately dived the wrong way during <laughs> our penalty competition was I didn't want to damage your confidence going into the Europeans. Yeah, yeah. However, if you like a rematch, I would be available for the final. <laughs> Oh, lovely. Oh, got there. Now, Nick, we know you're a yeah. massive Stoke fan, but you're also a big cricket fan, we know that. Cricket. I love my cricket. This is my question for you at the moment. Who's the best Stoke at the moment? Ben Stokes or Stoke City? Well, who do you Stokes. like best? No, Nick Hancock, well, who do you like best at the moment? Stoke like, City or like, Ben Stokes? I like Ben Stokes. I love Stoke oh, City. Why do you only like Ben Stokes? Well, I, I, I'm trying to make a definition, yeah. make a, a distinction between the two. I have no option but to love Stoke. It's, yeah, it, I, it's born to it. But Ben Stokes, oh, just fantastic. Yeah. That last day against South Africa, that yeah. last evening against South Africa Superb. at Cape Town was just brilliant. And so, I was actually sat on my own at home. My little feet were going. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, I I do you think in cricket it. when someone has that little bit extra like Ben Stokes has or, you know, like Flintoff did or like, you know, Botham does, when they have that little bit extra... It's more noticeable in cricket because it's such a physical game. Well, it's both a team game and an individual game. That's yeah. the really strange thing about cricket. Doug, you ever competed against a pro sportsman? Or I woman? played pool against Steve Davis once. And? He let me win. Oh. I, but I, I think topping that was when, and, and you'll love this, it's, it's cricket-based, this anecdote, and a wee bit shorter than yours. Um, I once went to a celebrity cricket match. Very exciting. And it was a, a cast of a TV show. OK. It's genuinely happened. What was that TV show? Take the High Road. Oh, oh my lovely. lovely. It was the worst day out ever. <laughs> oh. And Natalie, you of course once interviewed Pele. Anyway, there we are. That's it. Oh, how is the new dog doing? That's what we've, uh, a lot of people right. asking about. He's that. doing very well, thank you. There was yeah. just there's just been one night where he was a rascal. Oh, and what did he do? Whining Eat. and howling. No, just did not want to go to bed. Is he in a well. in a cage or yeah, a, a little crate? A little crate. That's yes, what they call it, isn't it? Yeah. Not a cage. Don't call it a cage. It's a crate. That sounds wrong. <laughs> crate is what it's, it's meant to be called. And yes, he has his crate. He has his bed as well. Oh, um, beautiful. So yeah. So, the scene is set for West Ham United v Stoke City, a fixture that's as English as Morris dancing and no-go areas after dark. Right now, it's time for this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. This is My Club's Bigger Than Your Club. We want each of our guests to tell us why they are the biggest club here today. They're free to employ any reasoning they wish. However, it's not about medals on the table. It's an exercise in winning hearts and minds. Now, Nick and Natalie, I think, Nick, you'll be talking about Stoke City, as Natalie is Brentford mad, but we know she's playing for Stoke City today. Yes, of course. So, Nick, Hancock, you are going first, and your 30 seconds starts now. More people have watched Stoke City than have ever watched West Ham because Stoke City were founded 32 years before West Ham. Stoke have their own ground and aren't squatted on somebody else's ground. Clubs that have their own ground. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Stoke City. Clubs that have played at other people's grounds. Charlton, AFC Wimbledon, West Ham United. Even when they played at their own ground, they didn't know the name of their own ground. It's either the bowling ground or Upton Park. They didn't know. They didn't know their own nickname. Is it the Hammers? Is it the Irons? 
Yes, they had three people to play for England in the 1966 World Cup final, but within six years, all of them had gone to bigger clubs. Jeff Hurst went to Stoke City. Um, who has claret as a club colour? It's not even a colour! Finally, the last two things. The West Ham way. Oh, my God. Shut up. And I'm forever blowing bubbles. I'll rest my case. Tommy Walsh, I reckon you might be a bit more gentle with your answer. I don't know. Let's find out. I'm interested to see a Tommy Walsh angry rant. Well, Could you tell us why West Ham are a bigger club than Stoke City? Well, I think it's rather ironic that uh, Nick mentioned uh, blowing bubbles because we've got the best song in football. I'm forever blowing bubbles. It was actually written for West Ham, not like it was uh, adopted from someone else. Uh, I suppose the nearest you could say to compete with it would be the Liverpool You'll Never Walk Alone. But then that was a pop song which they applied to the yeah. football club. It wasn't actually written for the club. From Carousel, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein. Mm-hmm. There you go. So yeah. West End, number one, a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, a great football song. And also we have lots of bubbles at the, at the ground, at the game, because yeah. we've got some modern equipment now. We've moved from Upson Park. <laughs> and then, of course, getting back to something I mentioned earlier, the Academy of Football, which, again, you mentioned, ironically. Uh, you only turned your nose up at it because it's true. The best achievements we've ever, ever reached in this country is in the World Cup of 1966. And I don't know how many Stoke players there was in that side. There were no Arsenal players and I don't think there was any Stoke players, but West Ham had three, the three most important players to make a difference. The captain, Bobby Moore, Martin Peters and Jeff Hurst. And the last two scored all the goals in the final. What more do I need to say to prove the West Ham way? Oh, it was lovely, wasn't it? I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful answer. Very calm as well, Nick, mm. wasn't he? Made his made his point very, very calm. Oh, it's cool. nice to have a bit of musical theatre. Oh, the I, like, I like as well. the mentions of the songs. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like thinking that your club's song is the most important thing yeah. about I, I, your club. You can have bubbles blown at the <laughs> ground. Um, so, uh, what was the song you were singing for Stoke? Delilah, was Delilah, it? Delilah, yes, which he did make reference to. Yes, and indeed, yes, it is boring. We, we do have our own songs as well. But anyway, look, I'm a great admirer of West Ham. We've had some great games against West Ham, but frankly, we won. You've been, no, no, no. I'm going to go two goals to Stoke and one goal to West Ham. That's what I'm going to do. I think that's the nicest way. I don't believe in superstitions. I just do certain things because I'm scared something bad will happen if I don't do them. Dear, oh dear. Listening to Glory Hunters, the podcast from Talk Sport. Time now to incur the wrath of the sporting gods as we enter the round known as... Sporting Heretics. Sporting Heretics. I'm going to invite each member of the panel to share an idea or opinion they believe will change sport for the better. Previous suggestions have included abolishing half-time, a transfer window for fans and even renaming football. This is an exercise in thinking the unthinkable and rattling the cages of the sporting establishment as we look to disrupt, denounce and defame. Dougie, I'm going to come to you first. Playing for West Ham today. But you think we should overhaul the FA Cup? We all know there's a big problem with the FA Cup and it needs not an overhaul, a radical overhaul. I'm tired about hearing about giant killings. Top flight reserves losing to a team from a division lower isn't a giant killing. Don't equate it to a Ronnie Radford moment. (laughs) It's simply not taken seriously by the Premier League clubs, perhaps best summed up last week by Nigel Pearson of Watford. Watford 
who were finalists last season, remember, and he said it's not a priority after surrendering a three-goal lead to Tranmere. Mm. Now, understandable for league survival from his point of view, but for the reputation of the cup, shocking. Of course, the magic of the cup was prevalent when Tommy, sorry, our beloved West Ham, won the trophy in 1980. But to put that in some context, that was still literally a year before the specials went to number one with Ghost Town. Goodness me. Here's the solution. Make it a competition for teams from the championship downwards. Exclude the Premier League clubs, don't include FA Cup ties at Wembley. Make the Wembley the prize, but include FA Cup ties in season ticket packages. Suddenly, a lot more teams have a realistic chance of winning the trophy. It's played by firsts, not reserves. Crowds will rise. What about the Premier League teams? Let them count their money. They had their chance and they blew it. Tom? It's time for renewal. I agree with you in many ways. I don't think they should not play in the FA Cup. I think the winner of the FA Cup should get the fourth Champions League place. And then I think everybody and then everybody would, oh, would take well, it more yeah, seriously. That, that wouldn't be down to the FA, that would be down to the people that win the Champions is, League. This is the trouble. But but it makes the FA Cup It does. Or you have a playoff between the winner of the currently the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, and then you get both cup competitions. I tell you what, I would actually put that in my answer as well had I um, had I thought of it. And thought of it yeah. exactly. Yeah. Here we are. Mm. So I'm going to give you two goals, Dougie. Okay. There well, we we'll are. Two, we'll Natalie, two. have you gone Forest Green Rovers on me? Eco uh, tournament. Yeah, I think we should take inspiration from them, as we should from Greta Thunberg and oh, yeah. Sir David Attenborough and that we should do more for our planet, of course. So football is a global sport that thrives on international tournaments, but it's also a sport that has put itself at the forefront of a number of campaigns over recent years. And now, perhaps it's time for them to be an eco-warrior as well. Mm. So as a sport for good and reduce its carbon footprint. And you can do this very easily because rather than having their private jets, why don't they use public transport oh, instead? Yes. So if you're flying abroad, Forget about going on a plane. Get a ferry. Oh, and uh, <laughs> like that, don't yeah, they? I like that. When they arrive at the airport, they can cycle to their destination. What a lovely Keeps up their fitness. Warm up, a warm up on Keeps the way up there. Keeps up their fitness. Yeah. This is only helping them as well at the mm. same stand. Mm. At the same time, I should say, it has a number of benefits. Firstly, football makes an ethical stand. Secondly, keeps players fit as well, and it will ensure that the planet thrives for future generations to enjoy the sport that we simply love. I think the problem with travelling by train, Natalie, is I think. Even this season, one game had to be called off in the National League because the team was stuck on the train because the train never got to its destination. Well, that's because they so should have gone earlier. They should have gone an earlier train. Yeah. <laughs> they knew how long it was going to take. I like the idea of footballers on a ferry, though. It sounds like a Channel 5 show. Train, Football- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, actually, what a great idea. You know when they have those really privileged kids yeah. after they've had a sort of normal life? Footballers, Footballers on a ferry. Yeah. With, a tr- with a load of truck drivers. The footballers have to have the wristband for the yeah. seasickness, yeah. all that. Yeah. Not, yeah. not only would I watch that, but I'm guessing Ralph Little Voice over it. <laughs> wow, loving that. Uh, I, I love the forethought of your answer, Natalie. I'm going to give you three goals. It was very, very good. Tommy Walsh, all season ticket holders should have added benefits. Yeah, I think it's about time now, well overdue, that uh, there should be some giving back from the, these clubs. They're making so much money and they take their fans for granted. Mm. And I think and they need to show respect, really, for the fans a bit more. And one way you could start by doing that would be to include uh, the right for a season ticket holder to uh, be taken around the stadium of, his, of that of the particular mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Club see them too. and see all what goes on behind it, and let them be part of uh, some of that 
gourmet food and everything that goes on, exactly, just so yeah. that they can have an experience. And so many of them could, be, could go through this each week and run it through the season. Yeah. It's just like nice to share some of the spoils. As we say, let everyone have a lick of the cream. I love it. But I, I think it's a lovely idea. And I think like you could have a draw each week. Four season ticket holders get to be in the dressing room at half time. Yeah, and exactly. two of them get to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fill the bench. No, you get yeah, one, yeah. one of them Why on not? the bench. In, oh, give the them effort, that ten minutes. In the effort, in, in, <laughs> ten. <laughs> right, get warmed up. You're on, Go on son. son. Tommy, three goals. Excellent answer. Nick, we come to you for our final answer. Boxing needs to change. Well, you know, people in sport, they hate change. They hate change. They, they resist change at every point. And, of course, boxing is a pure sport. You've got running, you've got throwing, you've got jumping, and you've got thumping people in the face. Those are the four basic sports that have always been there, have they not? The noble art, the pure simplicity of boxing is wonderful. It means you can set up a boxing match anywhere you like, you know, specifically yeah. I'm thinking weddings. That Lovely, happens yes. a lot, but absolutely <laughs> wonderful. But just go with me on this. I think it needs to change. We're, we're in the 21st century. We're, we're, we're a fifth of the way through the 21st century. We need a more pluralistic boxing output. We need, we, we need to attract people who are watching game shows and, and things like that. And, you know, they don't have to be big changes. Basically, most of the British public are satisfied with nearly anything. Yeah. Any sop will send them away uh, happy. I mean, look at motorcycle ra racing, for instance. All they did was they changed their name from motorcycle racing to superbikes, and everyone thought it was brilliant. <laughs> you know? So, I'm suggesting we call it superboxing. All right? Okay, lovely, you don't yeah. have to change an awful lot. Okay. I do appreciate that, so bear with me. What I was going to say was, boxing is already on the way. It has rounds. Okay? Mm. It has rounds. So, why not make one of those rounds a general knowledge round, lovely, for lovely, instance. Lovely, lovely. Or they could have a swimwear round. Oh, now, lovely. you'd still do the boxing, okay. obviously, but they'd have to wear swimwear, or they'd have to be answering general knowledge questions. Yeah. I mean, the idea of, of Tyson and Wilder, you know, in the ring together, beating six layers of stuff out of each other, <laughs> and occasionally having to spit out their gum shield to shout out, Bratislava yeah. is the capital of Slovakia. <laughs> that's, that is entertainment. Super, that's super boxing. Yeah, that's, that's super boxing. <laughs> or, you know, every now and again, <laughs> is it Moussaka? <laughs> you know, that's fantastic. And then right at the end, they will be there, browbeat, tired, sweat pouring off them, and they both have to give a 30-second speech on how they would make the world better Lovely. for future Lovely. generations. Lovely. I'm not saying it's a finished article. <laughs> I'm just saying, open your minds. It's an interesting argument. I mean, as I always say, boxing is a great spectacle, but it does tend to get a little bit fighty. It is it a bit punchy, it isn't it? And you know, I never have any idea if it's a good fight or a bad fight. Oh, that's super, super boxing. That's super boxing. Super boxing, you know. I've got one way to improve super boxing already. Put it on a ferry. Oh, isn't it lovely? Oh, lovely isn't it? See, what trying to kick the feet. Yeah. Oh, lovely, Harry. Lovely. What a lovely answer, Nick. Fantastic. Three goals. One accusation you can't throw at me is that I've always done my best. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. 
Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. New year. New podcast, it's Glory Hunters from Talk Sport. Time now for Back in the Day, where we travel back to a landmark moment in both clubs' history. Dougie and Tommy, we're going back to 1980 and this. Oh, Devonshire's round the back. Oh, right across, it's free. Driven in. And is it a goal? It is. Trevor Brooking. The ball ricocheted in off him and West Ham are in front. Trevor Brookings goal sealed victory for second division West Ham United against Arsenal in the FA Cup final. But what else do you remember of the year 1980? Tommy and Dougie, we're going to ask you some questions. Here we go. Question one. That victory for West Ham was the last time a team outside of the top flight won the FA Cup. But which second division side were the last to win it before the Hammers mm. in 1980? See, Sunderland, you... Southampton or Stoke? Sunderland, Southampton or... Second division Brooke. side. Which second division side were the last to win it before the Hammers in I, I, 1980? I'm immediately thinking of Sunderland winning it against Leeds uh, early 70s. Porterfield, I think, scoring the winning goal mm. for Sunderland. I think Sunderland were... You, you don't think a, it'd be Stoke because we've got Nick sitting opposite on it and no, waiting because, to do another rent. Because Stoke have never won the FA Cup. I think they've won the League Cup. But they've never won the FA Cup, I don't think, Stoke City. So that's immediate, that, that, that's, that's out there. I think that Ian Porterfield goal for Sutherland against the great Leeds United. But listen, what about you? No, I'll go. I don't really know the answer to that one. So okay, well, probably best to go with me. Here you go, yeah. um, uh, Well, we've had a good discussion there. I heard it. Uh, yeah. Tommy put in a few good points, yeah. uh, but we've decided we're going to go with my one, and it's uh, we're going to go with Sunderland. Going to go with Sunderland? Okay, let's find out. McAllister to Stokes, who's onside. And that was Bobby Stokes, so it's, it's even more confusing. Oh, it's very Bobby depressing. Stokes scoring for Southampton. <laughs> Unbelievable. There That's we what are. threw us. Here we go, question two. As West Ham fans celebrated in the streets of East London, what was the number one single at the time that they danced to? Was it A? Blondie, call me. Or... Dexy's Midnight Runners, of course, Gino, or C. Don't stand, don't stand, so, don't stand, so. 
The police don't stand so close to me. What do we think? You're a music expert, Dougie, but Tommy, what music do you listen to? Um... Yeah, Motown, Soul, I like yeah. Blues. Oh, nice. yeah. you know, you'd had a few eels afterwards. West Ham won the cup. What, what were you dancing to? I'd say it was um, uh, Gina. Dexys. Mm. Okay, well, we have to go with the big man who was there. We're okay. going to go Dexys. Go the, the horse's mouth. Let's find out. <laughs> Wondering if they could ever soundtrack, I don't know, the theme tunes of brush strokes perhaps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because of you. Yeah. That's a very niche one, that's lovely, lovely, a very niche, lovely niche reference, product. Dougie. I think about eight people got it, but I got but it. Thank so that you. was very well, nice well, of you. It's, it's, it's three shy of a living. <laughs> there we go. Question three. 1980 was also the year of this. Bertels, Robertson. That's the first. 20 minutes gone, and Robertson puts Forrest in front. John Robertson's goal against Hamburg saw Nottingham Forest win the European Cup for the second year in succession. But what was significant about that victory? Was it A, first team ever to win back-to-back European Cups, B, first English team to have won back-to-back European Cups, or C, the first side to win the European Cup more times than they'd won league titles? I'm immediately going for the last one there because Forest won the league for the first time, which got them into the European Cup. Mm. They then obviously won the European Cup, beating Malmo in in Munich. Mm. They didn't win the league that year, but because they'd obviously won the European Cup, they They get get back in to to defend it. That's how they did it, was it? Um, So, unless, Tom, unless you you want to go a different way, we we can discuss this. Well, I was just wondering... Did you get Gino right? Yeah, he did. He did. Well, I've not forgotten about that. No, no, we all no. remember that. We all no. remember where we were. But your <laughs> logic, I, I like, I like the, uh, the logic you've applied, So, um, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to go with your suggestion. So you've gone for C. The answer is C. There yeah. it is. Well, they were the you first come side on, you come to win the European yeah. Cup more times than they'd won league titles. So at the end of that round, you scored two out of three which takes you to nine goals, which makes it nine all. Natalie and Nick for Stoke City. We're going to go back to 1972 and this. Red shirts away to the pounce now. Conroy going past Webb. A delicate chip there, a deep one towards Richie. Nodded down again. And a good save. And Eastham. George Eastham. The old man has done it. 35-year-old George Eastham's winning goal saw Stoke beat Chelsea 2-1 in the League Cup final. But what else do you remember of that year, 1972? Natalie? Fresh in the memory. Fresh in your memory, I can imagine. Here we go. Question one. (laughs) George Eastham was also a member of the England squad that won the World Cup in 1966. Mm -hmm. But which of these facts about the man who scored Stoke's match winning goal is false? Mm. A, he's the oldest person ever to receive a League Cup winner's medal. B, he became the chairman of the South African Arsenal Supporters Club. C, he credits Yuri Geller with helping him once recover from injury. He was in South Africa, certainly, and he played for Arsenal, so that's possible. Mm-hmm. Peter Shilton is always the answer to the oldest person to win anything, <laughs> oh. isn't he? But I don't know that for certain 35 years of age. I'm sure there have been people older than that. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. sure. Frank Clark. Uh, let's not go through them all. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. We're here for ages. I, I think it may be Yuri Geller, and I think they've only put Yuri Geller in because they wanted to have a, an answer with Yuri Geller in it. So, you've gone for C. He yeah. credits Yuri Geller with helping him once recover from injury. That is false. Congratulations. Oh, well One goal there. <laughs> Question well. two. 1972 was also the year of this. Radford. 
Now Tudor's gone down for Newcastle. Radford again. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Radford, the scorer. Ronnie Radford. And the crowd. The crowd are invading the pitch. And now it will take some time to clear the field. What a tremendous shot by Radford. Never. Never in the field of football conflict have so many Parkers been seen yeah. in one place. <laughs> it is incredible. Yeah, on they come. It just covers Beautiful. Parkers, and there's someone yeah. with a panda, with a massive panda running on. Oh, you yeah. see that yeah, clip? Yeah. Here we go. Ronnie Radford's wonder goal saw non-league Hereford equalise against Newcastle before the lower league minnows went on to win the game 2-1. But can you tell me what was Ronnie's day job oh. at the time? Oh. Was he a joiner and carpenter? Was he a market trader or was he an electrician? There we are. Oh, goodness. In the building game, Tommy, few few footballers? Yes. Well, few footballers knocking around? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be surprised. What, what yeah. was the first what's the first answer? Joiner and carpenter. See, I'd always say carpenter and joiner. Oh, I don't well, like that oh, I don't like that order. Well, oh, that's the way it is. Electrician? Well, market trader or electrician? David Jason trader. was a sparks, wasn't he? Was he? Mm, yeah, he wasn't any good at football. Playing. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, I think market trader. Yeah. Go for market trader. The answer is joiner and carpenter. Oh, it's bad news for you there. Question three. While Stoke fans celebrated in the street, what was the number one single at the time that the Potteries no doubt went potty to? Was it A? Alice Cooper schools out or B? Or was it the military band of the Royal Scots Dragoon Guards with Amazing Grace? I think it's probably Rod Stewart. The military oh, oh, oh. one is a bit random. Well, I think I think Rod Stewart. Natalie? Uh, I'm curious to know why the military... The, what uh, are they band called? is in there, the, the, the Royal Scots Dragoon Guards. Ask Dougie, there is. It's on his, it's his good playlist. Good bunch of guys. Thanks for the service you've done for us. We are. Here we go. I do think it's so random that. that, that, that why you're going to go with that. I want to go with that. Natalie, you're going to go with that? Yeah. Okay, let's find out. So, in that round, you scored two goals, which makes it 11 9 to Stoke City. When you're 4-0 up, you should never lose 7-1. This is the Glory Hunters podcast in association with Monty Panasar Loft Conversions. Oh, Monty Panasar! Got a roof space sitting idle. Call Monty Panasar's Loft Conversions. Here on Glory Hunters, it's an open forum, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to be probed by the general public in the politest of ways as we play A Question of Sport Time. Yes, can we have our first question, please? Hi, I recently played football for the first time in ages and couldn't move the next day. So I'd like to ask the panel, when do you know you're getting old? Dougie. Interesting question and, and very well delivered, if I may say. Um, <laughs> for me, it all started uh, just after the millennium. I think we all remember that bug, Tommy. Mm. Um, <laughs> those planes falling out of the sky. Oh, God. The remember fallout that? continues to this day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it was just after the millennium, uh, my final days of five aside, oh, and yeah. my once cultured left foot had, well, become a bit of a philistine, if I could put it that way. <laughs> um, and there was an, also an issue with temperament, being shouted at by a self-designated team captain to trail back on a five-a-side pitch didn't wash anymore, especially oh. when you'd seen him smoking in the car park beforehand. And also, in the five-a-side game, when you start to question why you're there, you know it's time to get out. Yeah. It's a bit like the Royal Navy in that respect. I think with five-a-side, you, you leave and then it drags you back a bit later on in life. I think you'll go back to it, Dougie. Oh, no, I, I think I, that's what'll happen. Can, can I can I answer with a yes, double negative? Yes. I ain't ever going back. You're never going back. You're going never back. going back. What a shame. Three goals. There we are. Thank well you. done, Dougie. Whoa. Very good. Nick, when do you know when you're getting old? Ah, uh, well, for me, and this is just good advice, I think, for anybody that plays any sport at an amateur level and has any pretensions that they can do it at all. Never play in a game when somebody's filming it. Because oh, yeah. when you look back, it is the most depressing thing in the world. You think you're neat and tidy, you know, you're playing on the shoulder, you're laying it off, you can bring the ball in, you've got great vision, all this. I, uh, I played in a comic relief game in Africa and they showed it back and I looked nothing more than... An elderly gentleman who just lost his wife in a supermarket, uh, not knowing what to get or where to find it, just wandering around blindly, nervously and, and a little bit tearfully. And the final indignity for me was that we lost the game 6-0 to the Kenyan post office women's team. Yeah, but they're good, Nick. They are good. They are they good. Are good. <laughs> but they had a few out. Yeah, well, you know, they're still good. They're reserves. They've got a great youth they're, system. They've got a good system. You know, they've got a very so, good uh, system. Yeah, I think, I think if you want to stop, just get somebody to film. Who was on your team? Who else was on oh, the team? Henry's going to be in there, surely. Uh, uh, really, you want to know this? <laughs> David Hill, Frank Skinner, David Essex. Oh, uh, lovely. Was, uh, yeah, it was a, a very strange football team. What a great answer. I'm going to give you... Three goals, Nick. Excellent answer. Natalie, do you feel old yet? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, do you know what it is? It's when you realise that the average age of the squad, so the team that you support, means you could have been their mother. You could have actually oh, yes, been could, one of yes. them, their mothers. Yeah. Um, that, to me, is always I'll quite dress up at alarming. the weekend, <laughs> I'm afraid. That's, That's just alarming is. to me. There is nothing... You said about nothing more depressing. When you realise how old you are and yeah. the players you're watching are late teens yeah. if not you know mid teens I can handle them being the same age as me but when I'm that much older yeah. that is not good. Good. I, no I sponsor a Torquay United player so I followed this team all last season and was like yeah come they're like, like heroes like these men yeah. on the pitch you know they're heroes yeah, yeah. and then you go and meet them after a match now and again because yeah, you're yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just lads. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, yeah. just like, oh no, I don't want to see this. No, and you just yeah. feel so old. You just feel what so old. What's worse than that is when the managers are younger than you. Yeah, are. Uh, <laughs> that, really, yeah, yeah that's happened. Yeah, oh, that happens. Yeah. Um, excellent answer. Everyone's doing very well. Another three goals there for Natalie. Tommy Walsh. Well, I think uh, the day that it woke me up, when I woke up to the fact that I was getting old, I went skiing in Norway. Uh, at 55 for the first time ever, first time skiing. Yeah. And Norway really is not the place to go because, oh. you know, the, the runs are like that because they're all expert skiers out there. And okay. The natural geography is... Steep. Where, where would yeah. you suggest in Holland? <laughs> that would be right up my street. <laughs> yeah. 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 Holland. If you're going to start. Yeah. So you went skiing in skiing Norway. Skiing generally, that would be water skiing in Holland, <laughs> Holland, wouldn't it? And I wouldn't be able to do it. No, but I went skiing and we... we um, 
went on the train and we had a, a bit of coaching lesson. We, we never got off the nursery slope, my wife and I and oh. my son and all the kids. They were coming down these big mountains. And then my son said, Dad, he said, I'll come up with you on a, on a run, a red run, and it won't be too difficult and I'll show you how to do it. So he took me up. Uh, what's the thing that takes you up the, oh, the, the lift, ski lift yeah, that the comes ski between lift. your legs? Well, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they had to shut the thing down because it looked like I was going to break my neck on oh, it because I wouldn't let go of it. So once we got that sorted out, after about half an hour, up we went. Then he said, you've got to go backwards and forwards like this as you come down. So yeah, yeah. just sh uh, shooing and shaying. So I did that. Then it was all going well. And then I tipped over the edge and I went down the rest of the mountain doing cartwheels. <laughs> Cartwheels oh, all the way down oh. until I got to the bottom, and I—I I have to say, after that, I thought I would need surgery. Yeah, but I didn't break a bone or anything. I just couldn't do anything. Couldn't couldn't even lift a bottle of beer. Oh, so I had oh, dreadful <coughs> outcome. That was yeah, a terrible result. Yeah. To be out there in Norway but skiing and not having no just beer. You felt like this isn't for me. Well, I just realised I was too old, and that's oh, the first and last time I've ever gone snow skiing. This is the podcast of Glory Hunters from TalkSport. We're in the dying moments of the game and we move into injury time where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. The current losing side goes first. That's currently West Ham. You are on 19 goals. I'm going to list a series of nicknames for darts players. And all you've got to do is tell me which are true which are false. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. I'm the daddy now. Are you ready? Do you understand the question? Yeah, you okay, Tommy? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's true or false. Here we go. Your time starts now. The power. Oh, true. 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 Feel the power, yeah. The martial dartist. False. It's true. Oh. Double top gun. True. It's false. The baron. True. It's false. Oh, Simply the west. True. It's true. Frosty the throwman. <laughs> False. It's true. <laughs> the squirrel from the Wirral. True. It's false. Oh. Brave Dart. Got to be true. It's true. The Pie Man. False. It's true. Oh. Andy Smith. Raging Bull. True. It's false. Danger Scouse. That's got to be true. It's true. Alan Green. The Tuppany Nudger. False. It is false. <laughs> Darth Maple. False. False. It's true. It's John Part, Canadian. The Limestone Cowboy. Oh, please be true. It's true, yes. Bob Anderson. The Harrow Arrow. True. It's true. false. Oh. The Jockey on the Hockey. True. Oh, it's false. True. The Singapore Slinger. Oh, that is true. Now. It is true. That Paul is true. Lim. Right, so at the end of that round, you scored seven goals, which takes you to 26. It's not good. Stoke City are currently on 24. It's not good for West Ham this time. No. You need three goals to win. I'm going to list a series of racehorse names. I need you to tell me which are true. And which are false. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. That's enough. Your time starts now. Horsey McHorseface. True. It is true. Usain Colt. True. It's false. Hoof Hearted. True. It's true. Rodney Trotter. True. It's false. Passing Wind. True. It is true. Foles Rush In. True. It's false. Joseph Stallion. True. <laughs> I know what your technique exactly. is here. False. May the horse be with you. True. False. It's true. <laughs> no, it's false. Al Capone. True. It's false. Fifty Shades of Hay. False. It's true. Talk Derby to me. True. It's false. Sylvester Stallion. True. It's true. Maple Stirrup. False. It is false. The Grey Gatsby. True. It's true. Main, main Attraction. False. It's false. Nightmare. True. You just give it's true. Forest Jump. 
False. It's false. No soup for you. True. true. It's true. Give me another name. True. It's true. That's enough. Oh, there we are. Oh. At the end of that round, you scored 11 goals, which takes you to 35 goals, which means Stoke City, you beat West Ham United 35 goals to 27. Tommy, any positives you can take from it at all? Well, I think I might want a steward's inquiry on that last horse racing. Oh, right. <laughs> These tactics were, um, were, were unsporting. I, I agree with you. I agree with you there, Tommy. But not a lot we can do about it now. Dougie, no. how do you feel? Uh, to be honest, I'm a bit depressed. <laughs> oh, depressed. They're lovely. How lovely on a Sunday morning. Natalie and Nick, what message do you think that victory sends out uh, as you march we, on we, into we, the finals? We talked about it before. We were just desperate it didn't go to penalties. We were. Because we, were. we knew that was their strength. But what, <laughs> what, what I must say, it just shows that the EFL do come through against Premier League opposition. That is true. Right. That is absolutely Boys true. Well for the took it seriously. <laughs> yeah, the reserves out today. To our winners, we say... And for the losers. Oh, good for you. And how was it? Seriously, man, you and me, we're done professionally. My thanks to Natalie, Dougie, Tommy and Nick. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. There we are. Congratulations, Nick. Natalie, <sighs> a great win. Another win, Nick. Three. Yeah, well, you know, winning's a habit. I, I, exactly. I think, you know, <laughs> that's... Pulls you through right at the end. Exactly. Tommy, you give momentum to Stoke themselves, the team itself. The team, yeah. exactly, yeah. A bit of, bit of glory for them. Tommy, a bit disappointing. You played very well. I thought you were excellent. Well, thank you. Dougie let you down, to be honest. Uh, oh. I, I just think we were a tad unlucky and uh, a bit like um, when we play at the London Stadium. Exactly. It is we a bit tend unlucky. to have a lot of the game and. Uh, I think, quite score enough no, goals. Oh, come on, Tom. I think we showed a bit flair, or if you will, the West Ham win. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's a lovely uh, episode of Glory Hunters this week, but as I mentioned earlier, we asked on Twitter what was the greatest sports film of all time. We had some that didn't make the top five, and I can't believe some of these aren't in the top five, because this is more or less my top five. So, a bit of a shame. We had a lot of support for Happy Gilmore, mm. Caddyshack. Comedy. Okay, comedies. Yeah, that's a good one. Caddyshack. Do you like that, Nick? No, not a big no, fan no. of it, no? Raging Bull, obviously. Top class. Rocky. Yeah. Not even not yeah. in the top not five. Not in the top five. No. Oh. no. I'll tell you about The Fighter is a great boxing film. Mark Wahlberg. The oh, is it? The Fighter. One, it? Terrific. Mm -hmm. Terrific. Okay. Kingpin was the other one that didn't make the top five. But uh, obviously, excellent film. But this was the top five at five. Any given Sunday, American football film. You've seen good, that? Yeah, good film. Oh, nice. yeah, very good. Shea Given, not in that. Uh, there's only one Jimmy Grimble. Now, I've not seen that. But everybody oh, raves about yeah. it. Yes, yeah. it's, it's film, filmed at the old uh, Main Road before they yeah. put it down. Robert Carlyle. Yeah, it's a good film, is it, Dougie? Um, it's passable. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's no chariots of fire. Put it that okay. way. Well, there we are. Number three, Mike Bassett, England manager. <laughs> I love that film. It's good fun, no? <laughs> Okay, not not playing to the mean. talk sport heartland here. The top five. Uh, remember the Titans came in at two. Okay. Uh, never seen that. No, Anybody? Never seen that. No. no. That's, that's Denzel. Ironically, Denzel Washington <laughs> is it? <laughs> and number one on the list we got back was Escape to Victory. Wow. Which is yeah. Half the Ipswich team. Which one? Cool Running. Cool Running's not on there. That's a good uh, sport film. Dodgeball. Sea yeah. Biscuit. Dodgeball. Sea Biscuit. What about runs through it? Moneyball. Moneyball. The Damned yeah. United featuring oh, yes. Don Revy, a man yeah. very much ahead of his time. You know. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing. You put it out there and you get back the answer. It might not always can be I, the answer can you I want. Can I do a wee bit of a public service? But of you know, can. maybe a couple of great underrated films that maybe the listeners can check out. Come on, out. Doug, you hit us up. Right, first one. We mentioned Nottingham Forest. 
earlier on, one of the one of the questions. There's a documentary, I believe in miracles, yes. all about that late seventies, early eighties Forest okay. team, directed by Johnny Orr, a great film, and cricket and Far in Babylon, mm. the oh, yeah. all the rise of the West Indies in yeah. the seventies. Brilliant, right. brilliant, brilliant documentary. Have you seen that? Lagarde, yes. Indian films, no, four hours long, absolutely brilliant. Chris England is in it. It's yeah. an absolute. But oh, I, I have seen more than one episode of Mahabharat, which I know uh, is TV. Oh, but, <laughs> it's TV, um, but yeah. Lagarde, I can highly recommend that. Anyway, do get in touch with us on Twitter. So, Dougie, Tommy, Nick, Natalie, thanks for joining us this week on Glory Hunters. If you've enjoyed it, even if you haven't enjoyed it, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.